Hello, Woodlane community. This is Pastor Brian, and you are listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast, episode 037. If you are listening to this, you are an honorary member of our community where we seek to bring the presence of Christ to those around us. On this week's episode, words can change the world. The question is, will they change it for good or for bad? This week, Solomon has some wisdom to make sure our words go in the right direction. Check it out. If you had the power to change the world, would you use it? Maybe you think I'm overstating or overselling my point here, so I'll dial it down just a little bit for you. If you had the power to change somebody's life, would you take it? I'm guessing, overwhelmingly, a lot of us would say yes to that. We can probably think of a loved one or a friend that we would desire to help out if we had the chance, if we had the power to do so. Well, I'm going to suggest today you do have the power to do exactly that. And so the question becomes not so much would we take it, would we use that kind of power, but how we would use it. Because the very power that is within each and every one of you can change the world, can change a life for good, and that very same power can change it for bad. So which one would you choose? Which way would you go? Let's pray together. God, thank you for giving us your word. Allow it to transform us from the inside out, that we might become more like your son. Amen. What is this secret power that I speak of that each one of us has? Your tongue. And I know each and every one of you have it because I've heard each and every one of you speak more accurately words. That is where that power lies. Because words have power. Words have real power. As many You can probably think of words that have literally changed the world. Words that have changed lives. Solomon knew it back when he wrote this scripture in Proverbs 18. When he says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. There is power, real power in that. To prove the point a little bit, maybe you remember a conversation that meant something to you, that made an impact on you. Maybe even from years ago. Maybe even from decades ago. And you can remember it like you were there five minutes ago. There's still conversations, words that have been said to me for good or for bad that I remember from being 10, 11, 12, 15 years old. Maybe I could go back even further if I gave it a few seconds to think about. See, when we open our mouth and words start to come out, it's like driving a tanker truck of rocket fuel. When we think that the payload behind us can do one of two things, it could send a man to the moon or it can turn an entire town into an inferno. I'm guessing, Pete, I think you've said you've driven trucks like that before. A lot of power behind that. And the thing is, when you realize how much, you know, what kind of payload you have behind you, you start to be a little more careful about it. So it helps to have some wisdom, to know what you're doing. When you're driving a tanker truck or rocket fuel, or when we open our mouths and let words come out. The good thing is, Scripture has an awful lot to say about this. And we're going to kind of do this as a bit of a survey, because a lot of the passages within Proverbs that talk about our words 
or the tongue. They kind of come in very small snippets, and so we're going to sort of survey the book at least a little bit on this. So that's one of the first ways that we can have wisdom behind our words, that we guard them, as Solomon says in Proverbs 13. He says, those who guard their mouths preserve their lives. Those who open wide their lips come to ruin. The word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. When we get the power behind our words, we start to be a little more careful of them. Like I said, when you're driving a tanker truck of rocket fuel, you start to be a little more careful around those turns. Same thing with our words. Maybe we run them through an extra filter before they come out of our mouths. Maybe we take that extra second of pause before we let the words go from our brain out our tongue. And that's not a bad thing, because there's a lot at stake here. Give me a bit of an example here. Let's say you're having a spirited discussion with a friend, a coworker, your neighbor, and you've got the ultimate zinger ready. I mean, you've, you've been preparing this one for a while. It's like you're ace in the hole, and you're going to win this argument hands down, swinging for the home run with this, with this one line. Now, a wise person, according to Solomon, is going to take an extra beat before using it. Take that extra second, run it through the extra filter. Not a filter that says, is this really the best I've got or can I make it better? But a filter that says, is it worth it to use this line? Is it worth it, potentially, to lose this friendship, to lose this relationship, just so I can win this argument with this one line? Because sometimes that can be the result. And I'm guessing it's not beyond reason to think somebody has experienced relationships that have been lost over one sentence, spoken too quick. Now, take that up a step. When we are doing it, maybe not with, with a friend or a coworker or a neighbor, but it's a family member, our spouse, the love of our life. Who, where's the contrast in this, the other side of it? Because Proverbs are often contrasting two things within the same statement. So you have the wise person who guards their words. What does the unwise person do? What does the fool do? They're the person who just runs their mouth, opens wide their lips, I believe Solomon says. The person who, there is no filter between brain and tongue. Just whatever goes into the head comes out the mouth. They're full of words that actually come out of their mouth. And here's the thing. I'm not a statistician, but you can just play the law of averages here. If somebody has something that every thought that goes in their head is going to come out of their mouth, the odds go up that they're going to say something eventually that they regret, that they wish they could take back. Because you saw with the kids, once the shaving cream is out of the tube, you can't put it back. Once the bell is rung, you cannot unring it. So here's the next step that I want to offer you for this. And I'm kind of going to use these throughout rather than just clump them all together at the end. When you're getting ready to say something to somebody, ask yourself this. Is this going to bring them life? Paul says in Ephesians 4.29, he says, whatever you say, do it, that it may benefit those who listen. Is it going to encourage? Is it going to build them up? Or is it going to tear them down? Take the, the second to at least think through that. Because maybe we can even get a little more practical here. Ask yourself, if I say this phrase, whatever it is, whatever I've got on my head, is it worth maybe a week's worth of tension with this person? Real good filter to run it through if you're 
talking about words that you want to say to your spouse. Because a week in a house living with somebody, when there is that kind of tension, I don't know anything about it, but I've heard it's usually pretty bad. (laughs) Would it be worth that kind of tension? Would it be worth losing a relationship to say this line? Is it that good? Let me give us that extra second of pause. I hope you don't have too much chance that you have to practice that. But there's a reason that I'm often saying, prepare this sort of stuff in peacetime. Because when you're in the heat of the moment, when you're in an argument, when you're in a fight, it's a lot harder to get those censures working to limit what we're saying. So another idea that we can have, that we can give wisdom to our words. Out of Proverbs 10, 18 words, (laughs) to avoid the landmines that are out there. Lying lips conceal hatred, Solomon says, and whoever utters slander is a fool. Now, I really hope you don't have a whole lot of chance to practice this one, but don't make the mistake of thinking that it is a coincidence that slander and lying are put together. Because Solomon was a pretty wise guy, and God, who wrote through him, pretty wise God. See, slander goes after a person's reputation. Slender ends up being about talking about a person rather than to them. Slender and lying can go together in the sense that slander doesn't care if what is said is true or not. And really, many of us probably know from examples, either watching the news or experience with our friends, maybe even experience in our own lives, of words that go out, not true, but destroy reputations anyway. All it takes in teaching, in, in so many career paths, it takes an accusation, true or not, and destruction for far too big to, to try and make a scale out of. Now, I get there are some times that people do things wrong. Something goes awry and conflict happens. Okay. Is saying something about that slander? If I, for example were to start preaching stuff that was very, very clearly not in the Bible. Guaranteed, all the elders of the church, Deanna's giving me this look, all the elders in the church would start talking real fast. And a whole lot of other people would start talking as well. Is that slander? Well, let's run it through this filter. Let's skip the whole filter of, is it true that he said it or not? Because, like I said, slander doesn't care whether it's true or not. Slander cares that it's juicy that it's sexy, that it'll, to amplify the skill, but that it'll sell papers. <clears throat> Run it through this filter. Whatever I want to say about somebody, would I say it to them, face-to-face, and would I let them respond? If the answer is yes, you would do that, you would say it to their face, then you know what? There's your next step right there for you. Because Jesus lays it out, and we're going to step outside of Proverbs for just a little bit because you can't get any more perfect than this. In Matthew 18, when Jesus is talking about conflict, he says, if another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. Say it to their face. The Brian translation. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. If they don't, then yes, things escalate and more people are brought in and all of that. But what Jesus is saying here, essentially, is if you talk to the person and things get resolved or rectified, whatever that looks like, 
you've saved the community a lot of collateral damage. When we go around people, the collateral damage that can happen, true or not, right or not, can be crazy. If we're not willing to say it to their face, or we're not willing, we are willing to say it to the face and then run because it's the last word and we want to swing it and then get out of there before they can respond, well, then you've probably got slander. And maybe it's not slander. Maybe we can argue semantics and all that. You can put whatever word you want to that sort of situation. But probably the best, wisest thing is guarding our words. Or, in the Brian translation, zip it. What about a last idea to to build wisdom into our words? I mean, we've, we've covered a lot of the words that bring death, that bring destruction. What about the other side? Because words can be used for good or for bad. So what about the stuff that brings life, that builds others up, that edifies others, as the actor, actress had said? Good thing is, Solomon has some of that too. Out of Proverbs 16, it says, Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Proverbs sixteen twenty four. Now, it's not that this is just poetry in a book. Again, words have real power. Encouraging words can do so much for a person. Especially, it's amazing how they can be spoken at just the right time. Just ask somebody who's, been going, who's gone through depression, or who's gone through a rough time, or felt lonely. A word, a sentence of encouragement can get them just through the next day. Maybe even through the next five minutes. It's amazing. Does that mean that we never share a hard word? That we never share words that are going to make somebody feel uncomfortable? No. Because sometimes the words that are good for us, the things we need to hear, are not real comfortable to hear. But they're good for us. So what's the secret in that? When we have something that's hard and we, we struggle with, this is not going to make their day any better. Well, Paul shares the secret to that one. He says it in Ephesians 4.15, But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Speaking words, maybe even if they're hard words, in love. See, how you say those words can have just as much power, maybe even more power, than what those actual words are. Forgive me if I mess up the numbers here. People have studied and said that when we communicate with words, it's like 7% of what gets communicated is the actual text, uh, the words that come out. And like overwhelming amount, like 90% is how we say it. Inflection, vocal tone, all those different kinds of things. How we say the words. Maybe even far more impact than what those actual words are. Speaking of remembering conversations from way back yonder, I remember a conversation I was having with a horse trainer many moons ago. And they had said that you could basically swear at a horse in a way that made a sailor look like an altar boy. And as long as you use the right tone, your, your voice was calming, was soothing, was peaceful, the horse would be calm and would do what you wanted. No matter what the the vocabulary was. Now, granted, human beings understand vocabulary, and we consider vocabulary a little bit more than a horse might, but the point still holds. So how 
can you speak life into somebody this week? How can you speak encouragement into somebody that may need to hear it? Whether you know they need to hear it or not. Whatever pops into your head when I say that, whatever person comes to mind or situation jumps to mind, therein lies your next step for this week. To go for it. Because we might not just speak life into another person. We might actually change a life for another person. Thanks again for listening to the Woodland Worship Podcast. I hope we've given you something to make you think. If you'd like some more information about our community, check us out at woodlanechurch.org or visit our Facebook page at Woodlane Newark. If you happen to be in the Finger Lakes area, come check us out live on a Sunday morning at 9.45 a.m. On next week's episode, how did you answer the question as a kid? When I grow up, I want to be... We all have plans and dreams for our lives. God blesses us with these and uses them for his glory. But sometimes it can feel difficult to know if God is on board with our plans or not. So how can we make plans that are blessed? Find out next week on the Woodlane Worship Podcast.